Hello and welcome back to a new episode of Pure Waffle with me, David Casey. And me, Gwen Roberts. And today we've got a special guest, a man who's on here to outnumber the Englishman, my brother, Caleb Roberts. How you doing, mate? All right, how's it going? Yeah, good, good thank you. Yeah, cheers for coming on. Um, something a bit different, trying to over-zoom today. Um, yeah, I guess we're going to start with our infamous top four. Okay, uh, this week, obviously, we're focusing on the Euros. So we've decided top four... Caleb, you've got to tell me which four teams you think are going to get to the semi-finals. Okay. Right. Well, Wales. Good right. Put all my hope in Strong Wales start. Initially. You're definitely on that. Is that more just hope? Well, we got to the, we got to the semi-finals last time. What's stopping us this time? <laughs> um, oh, you've got to always believe, you know. You've got to always believe. Um, and then I think my second second favourites with... I love this squad so much. Like... Got play, got good players in every position. Portugal, I love Portugal's team at the moment. I think they get to the semis with their their defence is pretty solid, probably one of the best defence they've had in years. And then their attacks, good as always with Ronaldo at the front. So um, probably Portugal. Um, I'd probably say France as well, just because France have got that experience, haven't they? Like they won, they won the World Cup, um, got to the final of the Euros. Kante's playing the best football I've seen in like a few seasons now. Um, yeah, he's definitely back to his best. Well. I think France is the only team I look at and I think outstanding. Well, I think Pogba plays better for France than he does for Man United. Yeah, as well. I mean, World Cup is insane. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Griezmann seems to be on like firing pace for France as well. And Giroud, we just become the um, second top scorer. Five goals away from Henri, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yes, they, they're just a solid team experience and everything in that team. Um, fourth one's a tough one. Four. Semi-finals. It's um, quite easy. To be honest, I haven't, I haven't looked. Maybe these, maybe I've named some of the teams that won't actually, like, there's no way of them getting to the semi-finals because they're groups. But um, well, you named two in the same, because France and Portugal are obviously in the same group, but I think both of them would be top two. They should be. Yeah, uh, I'm Germany surprised they're the same group. Mm, um, but well. probably last one. I've heard good things about Italy recently, but I'm going to go Belgium. I think I'm going to go Belgium just because they have, they have De Bruyne, they have Hazard, they have Lukaku's, Banging in the goals for Inter at the moment, so um, so no England. But I, I can see, I can see the England excitement. Like they've like they've got. There's always excitement. Like they've always got they've always got good young players coming in. But like Grealish, I think is class. But like he's like, he's like I I just I just don't see it with England. I think their defence will let them down. Well, I think it's the the absence of Maguire is huge, comparing to mm. who else fills in. I think if we've got a full-strength squad, I think we have a chance. I don't think we're going to win it, but I do think Italy might get to the semis just because of the route they're going to they're gonna go down. I was having a look at it today. Obviously, they're in Wales' group. They then play runners-up, and then they'll play, I think it's the Netherlands in the quarter-final, and they're not exactly great. So I think I could see Italy getting into a semi-final. Mm. Yeah, they're not the same as they were, but they're always they're solid. They've got some experience there. Um, they won every single game in qualifying, though. Mm. That in itself is impressive. Yeah. In Melbourne, they have top yeah. scorer. Yeah, I think Belgium is an interesting one because I feel like they had to win World Cup 2018. That was their peak. Um, I feel like they're over that peak because their defenders, obviously, they don't have a company anymore. Vertonghen and Aldo very well to get a bit older. Obviously, still got class, but De Bruyne and Hazard are in a race against time to be fit, which is key. And obviously, Hazard, we've all seen that he's not at his, mm, well, he's not his yeah, best. True. Like the guys. Well, if you took Belgium out, who would you put in in the semi-finals then? Because I think we'd both. I think we'd all agree we'd have France. I think Portugal, but I'm Portugal. not. Portugal. Yeah. I'd say England, but equally I could see why England wouldn't be in. There. I, I think Belgium will get it, but I'm. I'm thinking that I don't think they'll win it because I don't think they have enough now. Any like Lukaku's mm. better playing the best football of his career. Mm-hmm. 
De Bruyne has been at the best football of his career for a few years now, but that's where they're in a reason, they're in a reasonably easy group as yeah. well, and they've um, got a pretty straightforward first knockout game as well. Yeah, but I, I think I can't at the moment. I can't see past France. Actually, I guess we're going to mention it. Yeah, we'll talk about bit. that later. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll ask your winners later on. Um, yeah, 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 that was. Um, yeah, I think Germany as well. Germany probably haven't mentioned. That's more interesting because they're group. I think Portugal, France, Germany are all in the same group, so. Well, unless he's finished yeah, the highest three. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm baffled by how they're all in the same group. Like, how is that? Well, I don't understand how that's worked. Then you've got like Holland in a group with North Macedonia, Ukraine and Austria. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> the Netherlands, I'd say, are worse than all three teams now. Yeah. Group of death. And Italy, who weren't, at your, who weren't at the World Cup, are in a group with Turkey, Switzerland and Wales. Like, Turkey, Switzerland and Wales are probably all in a similar-ish footballing bracket. Maybe. But why are France, Portugal and Germany all... Yeah. Presumably, all a top seed, all in the same group. It just doesn't make. You've got the yeah, winners of the Euros. Right. You've got the winners of the World Cup, and then the winners of the World Cup, the one before that, the point, all in the that. same one. That makes no sense. Yeah, all, all three previous winners in the same. The group. last three tournaments are all in the same group for the next tournament. That makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think we're gonna um, just briefly speak about your team, Liverpool, the Scousers. Yeah. Uh, obviously, quite an interesting season overall. Um, it was thirds, like you probably split the season to thirds. So, first third, very good. Second third, very poor, which is shocking. And then the last yeah, third, pretty, pretty good, like phenomenal. Um, yeah. Some quality moments there. How would you describe the season overall? How do you view it? Like success and all that? Um, I think Pickford ruined the Premier League season, to be honest. Um, he won the ball. No, I'm, I'm oh, that was a great time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know you speak to everybody, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just realised as soon as I said that what I just said. So I, I, I do apologise. Thank you for having me on your, on your podcast. Um, <laughs> I think anyone with eyes can say yeah, Pickford. That was a shocking. It was, it was a straight red. It wasn't. It was. It was. I know. It was soft. I know. Like I think I think it was hitting me more January February time when then like I I was like, I fell out of love with football for a bit. Like just watching games just didn't get like the same buzz anymore. Um, it was it was just like Liverpool were playing basically awfully. They're like probably one of the worst. They were showing they were probably one of the worst champions. Like it was actually painful to watch. Like they have no creativity, no game for like eighty minutes, and then they concede a goal at the eightieth minute against like Burnley, against um, against Brighton, um, and it just it was just it was just so tough to watch. So that was like like it was quite a sad, it was quite a sad few months there. Um, yeah, th- like, I think first half, this first third of the season, yeah, I probably thought, I think Liverpool were top or second to um, to United before they had their awful run. Well, you were top um, quite a bit and then United came back and yeah. that was when you started. It was the, I think it was the, it was when that Anfield record was shattered, wasn't it? That's when things yeah. really started to take a turn, like, like losing to like Brighton, Burnley, obviously lost the Merseyside derby as well. Fulham which, as well. Yeah, it's just like results that just no one anticipated. But then... When the going got tough, you just somehow managed to get top four, which I think credit to Klopp where it's due. Like everyone had written Liverpool off, so yeah, yeah, yeah I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't believe them. Yeah, I mean the Allison moment that was just mad. Oh man, <laughs> you watching that live? Um, I, I, I was, I, I didn't actually watch. I couldn't watch that game, so I, I was on. I was out, so I kept like updating BBC Sport, and then like it got like the 90th plus four minute, and I was like, oh nah, like it's a one all to West Brom with like. We've had a class run, but it's come to an end. Um, Champions League, we'll have to wait. And then I just, I just refresh it, and Alisson, 90 plus 5, pops up. And I'm like, 
Wijnaldum, losing Wijnaldum is such a player. Um, I think I remember mentioning it to Quinn like, when you did your underrated squads. Um, I can understand why like no Liverpool players are in, in there. Um, like a lot of them get a lot of the good players get the credit they deserve. Um, but Wijnaldum is that like, one player that I think is like makes Liverpool's midfield tick when he plays, mm-hmm. and I think he's I think he can be underrated. So I think replacing him, yeah, with a with a good player, it will be the will be best going forward. Yeah. You, know, you do need someone like that that just gets the game going, just gets the play moving. Like he was instrumental in the Barcelona victory and uh, the four oh, yeah. nil. That yeah. like, I think a midfield when you've got Fabinho playing and Henderson, you do need the kind of Wijnaldum player. But I'm not sure really who you could possibly get because you'd have yeah. to get someone reasonably young as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, we got Thiago, but he can't tackle. To, no, he, he gives fouls away all the time. So. And he can't run as well, so I'd just I'd, yeah, he's not a one-album replacement. All right, I guess enough uh, Liverpool chat. Um, we'll move on to our main topic, the Euros. Obviously, yes. starting soon. We're all buzzing for it. Uh, summer of football should be class. Start with our team, our yeah, country. Let's get them out of the way. Land of our fathers, um, Wales. You obviously said semi-finals just then. Are you realistic about that? Obviously, we've, we quickly mentioned it earlier, but are you yeah. confident? Or do you think it's kind of def- depends who we play? Because in my mind, I think getting on the groups, I'll be buzzing with because I think our group's tough. What would you say? I think it depends. Like I don't think it depends how we play. I think it depends with what mindset we go into playing. I think and what and how like because what I would say about this current squad, it's it's, be- it's they're better players than the twenty sixteen squad, but that squad was a better team. Yeah, I could definitely agree. And I think a lot of players now, that especially attacking in the team, are players who would do a lot better with like um, a very like try try and do a bit of ticky tacky, you know, just pass a move, pass a move. But like, I haven't seen Harry Wilson perform yet for Wales, and he's one of those players that could. Dan James is a bit inconsistent. He's put, like on his day, he's probably one of the best Wales players recently. But he's not. Um, I think he's played, he plays well for Wales. I think for United, he's quite average. He's not a United player. Yeah. But for Wales, I feel like for us, he always plays. He always steps up a lot of the time. And his final third, mm. he's been good. Which is why I think he's edged himself above Brooks. For this, cause yeah. Brooks was, I don't know if you watched um, Albania, but Brooks was shocking. Like, so poor. And that's yeah, a week Brooks before the first insane. game. It's like, he's, he's one of our best players, I think, at his best. But mm. him not at his best, him not looking great isn't a good sign. Yeah. I think it's just the spine of the team as well is a bit old or gone. Ashley Williams was such a solid centre-back during that Euros. But he's 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 not there anymore, is he? Yeah. Um, like, a leader at the back. The both the new centre-backs are quite young. Probably not leaders in themselves. Centre-mids. Yeah. Joe Allen's no longer playing. He's, he plays well, but he's no longer at the top of this game. And he's a bit old, along with Ramsey, along with Bale as well. They haven't got that, like... I. I, I just I'd hope they just there's something goes on in the, in that camp at the moment and they're building something because like they like they all play for each other but I don't know if the t- same team is there. I think Joe, I you mentioned Joe Allen, Ramsey, and Bale getting old. They're still up thirty thirty one. Um, Joe yeah. Allen, I think he could run a marathon. Like he, he wanted to. These, I think in my mind, a lot of people here disagree. He's our third most important player for Wales. Bale, Ramsey, and then Allen. People don't realise and recognise how much he does because he breaks at the play 
And I think he was in one of the team of the tournaments for the Euro 2016. It might have been the BBC one. I remember Ramsey was in the main one, but I'm pretty sure Joe Allen was in one of them. Because he, he, mm. he just, he's just quality. Like He's got the all-round game. And for Wales, he always steps up. I know he plays championship football, but for Wales, he's different level. Yeah. I think Ramsey, he's fit. He's ticking, doesn't he? Yeah. And Ramsey, he's fit. It's gonna Do you be... not think with the Euros, though, like, just from the Welsh, obviously, did amazingly in 2016. But wasn't that, that that was the first international competition since 1958, wasn't it? Yeah. So obviously, yeah. that's like two generations of tournaments being missed out on that you've qualified for. You've surprised every single nation, and probably including yourselves, to go as far as you did. That the pressure now to get to the semi-finals, this one, not necessarily you can't do it, but everyone's like asking that question, will Wales do it again? No. Have they got it in them? Have they got it in them? Whereas when 2016, there was zero pressure. Mm. Whereas now, through no fault of your own, there is that slight element of pressure just to replicate what you did five years ago. And yeah. that's the one reason why I think you might not go as far as you did, just because there's that element of a burden. I think there's, there shouldn't be pressure. I think Ashley Williams, um, there was something in BBC Sport the other day, saying there shouldn't be pressure to replicate 2016 because that was incredible that was beyond anyone's belief us getting that far uh, and I, it wasn't my chance I think we, des- we deserved it genuinely to get that far but it's completely different this time I don't think you can compare it obviously it will naturally be compared but I, in my mind a success this tournament is if we get out of the groups I guess but a successful the, tournament but, even the, but some of the players who've been there so like the likes of Ramsey Allen Bale Hennessy, like those players that have been in both dressing rooms, both 2016 and 2021, they're going to remember the situation. So I just think, as a professional, you are bound to put that pressure just on yourself. That I think that's what makes it difficult. So maybe that's where some of the youngsters, like the players like Roden, who's just come in, Dan James, Brooks, etc., where they can try and create their own memories. Because obviously those lads have got... I mean, like Bale will remember scoring past England. Like that's, that's huge for Wales. Or like the Belgium game. Yeah, I don't think Bale will feel pressure. It's Bale, like. Yeah. I just yeah, think I, that's I, I one just, worry. I, I just feel maybe not qualifying for the World Cup was something that maybe lost that spirit, you know? Like, it, I think if I think we went from a, going to the World Cup after after the Euros onto this, um, it would have been a lot more, like, pretty just level, just like, level all the way through, like, that that spirit, that Welsh spirit would still be there. Um yeah, I, I just like I agree with like those players have been there before. Bale won't feel the pressure. He's played in the Champions League final and stuff like that. Like Ben Davis along with him and all that. But, um, I don't know. I just feel there might be two camps in the Euros in the Euro camp right now with Wales. The youngsters thinking they're going to be the next big thing and just playing for themselves. And that group of like thirty year olds who've been at the twenty sixteen Euros. I I I just I've just been like watching like training videos and like pictures and like like those sort of stuff and they just look quiet. Separated at the moment. I, I agree. Sticking to themselves. I agree with you to a point. Because obviously, like, well, I mean, Ramsey and Chris Gunter are best mates. Uh, yeah. They do loads together. And then obviously, they're really good mates of Bale and Hennessy. Uh, but there's always going to be groups of mates in camps. But I think Bale gets alongside the players really well and brings them together. And especially because he's captain as well. I, I think it is together. Don't get me wrong. I. Preferred. I, I wish I go back to Euro 2016. That squad, I loved it. Players like Joe Ledley, Neil Taylor, like just shouldn't have been that on that standard, but they just were. Um, Howard and Kanye adore the bloke. Chris Coleman as well. 
Um, but I think there is a togetherness there, and they showed that togetherness to qualify because we were up against it. Three points from three games, losing that two two games against Croatia and Hungary. I I didn't know I didn't know what to think after those two games, but we turned it around, showed togetherness. Ramsey came back in for the last two games, and we managed to qualify. I think there always is that spirit because we're underdogs going into the group. We're not favourites to get out of the group. I don't think. So and we were we were underdogs in twenty sixteen every game, barring Northern Ireland possibly. So I mm. think. Yeah, I'm not sure how far we'll get, but there is there's still that team spirit, I feel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Welsh passion, you know. Like, um, that fire and passion is still there. Like, they're all going to play for the for the Welsh, but then, yeah. Yeah. So we've got the um, opinions of Wales. We're going to talk about quickly what you think the lineup should be against Switzerland. And the big question, obviously, I've been listening to a few news reports on it about whether should play false nine or whether Kiefer Moore should start up front. I think, yeah. I, me personally, I think he should start. Uh, what do you reckon? Think he should be in the team? Uh, I, th- I think so to give us a chance because I think he's more. I, I think he's a better striker than Sam Vokes was. Um, well, the form going in, form going into the Euros definitely, and and, and definitely Robs and Canu. Um, even though Robs Robs and Canu left like left everything on the pitch. Um, like I think Kiefer Moore's probably one of the best like out and out strikers that Wales have had in, in a while. Probably since like Hughesy and Rush that period. Maybe Robert Earnshaw. Yeah. Robert Earnshaw probably back in two thousand four, two thousand five. Yeah, maybe, maybe Earnshaw. Um, but I think yeah, Kiefer Moore definitely has to start. I think yeah, I I, I mean, Casey knows my opinions. I, I do think indeed. It's frustrating because we finally have another nine who's actually scoring some goals. I looked at the stats. He, Robson Canu's played about. 43-44 games for Wales, scored five goals. Keith Moore's played 17 games, scored five goals, and a lot of them have been sub-appearances. He scored some key goals in the qualifying campaigns. First competitive start against Slovakia away, massive game, and he scored. Scored against Azerbaijan away, where we had to win, and he, he scores in that game. Finland, last 10 minutes in the Nations League, he scores to win 1-0. And I think, especially because I see the group, group being so tight with one goal being in it most of the games, that if you want somebody to be able to nick a goal, you need that striker with that instincts. Coming off the season with 20 goals in the Championship is no mean feat for a Cardiff side, which has been very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yes, the false nine allows all the main attackers to play, but you play your best team, not your best players. And I think keeping more of them with Dan James running off him, James will supply crosses, and if you guess it on the money, keep, I'm banking on Keith Moore being there yeah. to head it in, to tap it in. Um, yeah, I think we haven't trained the false nine enough. And a few people saying, oh, we've played it for quite a while now. I mean, back in October, Keith Moore was still starting. So that's about five games where Keith Moore, we've been playing the false nine. We're not Man City, we're not Barcelona and the Pep. Like it's, we're Wales, and I feel like with Keith Moore, it doesn't have to be hoofball as well. It can be, he can take the feet. He's not a bad footballer. Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's a good point with the attackers. Like, they they have the players who in another team could play better attacking wise, but I don't think you, like, I don't think yeah again like Harry Wilson or um, or or Brooks or um, a player like that will be able to will be able to have an impact in the in the Euros against teams like Italy. So I don't think like playing all your best attacking players like who can dribble and 
score like finesse a shot and stuff like that should be should be um, starting. Mm. Are you a um, back four, back five? I was just thinking this in my head. Um, ben Davis is fit, is he? Yeah. Yeah, they all everyone's yeah. fit. Well, yeah, I, I think, I think, yeah, a back five, I think. Okay, so go on. Um, for, for the, looking at the lineup, then what, third lineup for okay. Switzerland. Go ahead, start yeah, the well, back. Keepers, big Henderson, goals. Hennessy, oh, oh, with Daddy Ward. Yeah, yeah, I experienced again. Yeah. Centre backs, I think Rodon's the best centre back we have. That's so he has to start. He's he's proved himself for Spurs this season as well. Um, Ampadu, I think that in a back three as well could be good. Really? Is that yeah, definitely Ampadu? Sorry? Definitely Ampadu? I like Ampadu in a back five. I think he works. Yeah. So I, think he's, I, think he's, I think he's one of those Welsh players who, um, probably one of our best young players, like quality-wise. I've seen him play centre-mid for Wales and he looks so comfortable. But for a five at the back with the players, other players, I think Ampadu should play centre-back. Um, and then the third centre-back, um, Either a toss-up between starting Ben Davis left wing back or starting Ben Davis left centre back. I, I think. I, I think if you're doing a back five, I prefer Davis in the back three. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. Well, then yeah, Ben, ben Davis is there, along with I think Nico probably left wing back just because he's he's probably one of our most attacking fullbacks. And Chris Gunter um, right wing back, yeah, nice. <laughs> I, like no, it's Connor a Roberts tough one because Gunter, that cross Gunter played to Sam Vokes against Belgium in the quarterfinals was. Was class. That was a class. It has to cross. be Connor Roberts, surely. Yeah, I think. I think because of favourites, it will be Connor Roberts. Yeah. Just because played there this season as well. He's, he's top player, isn't he? Um, yeah, right. I think Connor Roberts. But centimids, I think go Allen and Rambo. Oh, in that two. Really, Ramsey in the two and like centre mid. I, th- I think. I think with the players I got in mind, yeah. Well, then, yeah, to have Bale. Dan James and Kiefer Moore as a friend free, I think that I think that yeah that's I think that's that again I'm I'm all for the Kiefer Moore argument so mm. I think having him him there as well. Yeah, because I feel like watching Ramsey, I think it was against Denmark in the Nations League. It's not the last Nations League, the one before. Playing at home, he tried to play like a four-two-three-one with Ramsey alongside Joe Allen, and it just didn't work because he plays at his best for Wales when he's in that free role. So look at back at. 2016, you had Ledley and Joe Allen in that. It was like a 5-2-3 slash 5-3-2 with Ramsey just in front. And he had a free roll and he was, he was doing well. But I think you're asking too much defensive responsibilities playing alongside Joe Allen. Um, and like I said, he's one of my best, he's our second best player. He's the closest thing to world class that we got, as well, obviously, as well as Bale, who in my mind is world class. Yeah. Um, I just think. I don't know, I feel like with that extra centre mid, with Ramsey, but obviously with a five back, it doesn't work as much because you're then losing one of James or more and you've only got two strikers or two attackers mm-hmm. and they then would be much struggle with getting forward um, unless you play Ramsey false nine and then you drop Keith Moore, which I don't think is a good option. Um, yeah. I think it's definitely up for debate. I think no one's really sure what he's going to play. I, think, I don't think he'll start Keith Moore. Um, based on what he said, based on the few comments he made, yeah. So well, that, that's your preferred lineup then for Saturday. I think so. Yeah, I think Rambo's a Ramsey is a difficult one because he's he's best for run for doing those runs behind the back and just those runs into space. Mm. Um, and I guess if he's more centre mid of Allen, he'd be more 
get them more disciplined and just stick into that role. Yeah. Yeah. What, one last so thing. I, like... I, I, I think those are my those are my eleven favorite players I want to put into a team yeah. together. Yeah. One last thing on Wales. Obviously, we mentioned already. Um, Euro twenty sixteen. What what memories does that bring back? Oh, I just um, it's just like the games. Like I think, so like initially Slovakia, just like seeing Slovakia pepper our goal and just like nearly score many times. Like how how do we get that? Um, good with the England game. Um, I wasn't. That, I was that, loving that... it. <laughs> I mean, we enjoyed the Iceland, uh, didn't we? England Iceland was good fun. Oh yeah, so. The... <laughs> um, but I did enjoy so the World yeah. Cup, so it's fine. I, I think I think after that, like just the Russia game, because the way we played against Russia scored three, like that 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 really helped us, like to get that, like made the most most of the start and just keep that momentum going after that. Um, but Belgium game has got to be one of the best, probably one of the best games of football I've watched in my life. Just like. Just the whole game in itself, the emotions and everything. Best Welsh performance I've ever seen. Like, it's obviously there's not been many. Yeah, it? I know obviously we've only watched since like 2008, 2009, 2010. But I'd say that's the best. And then Russia was second because before the Russia game, I was saying to a few people, I was like, one 0 win. It'll be a scrappy, scrappy game. We'll nick a goal hopefully. And I, I, I was very nervous for that. And then Ramsey scores early. Neil Taylor scores against them. I'm like. Well, we 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 got we got to win then. If Neil Taylor scored a goal, like I mean, if we're losing to somebody who Neil Taylor can score against, then we're just a bit worrying. Um, and then yeah, that was just incredible. Um, and then obviously Belgium just speaks for itself. Just what mm. a performance! I mean, we deserved it. And the game in the qualifiers, we were quite we were getting backs against the wall in that game. The one 0 win, that was like seventy yeah. percent possession to them, thirty to us, but. I genuinely believe quarterfinal we were the best side. Like as soon mm. as they scored, obviously nine goals got a belter. After that, we, I thought we just like comfortably won. Like, just, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think it's like yeah, the team was there, wasn't it? Mm. Like even like players like yeah Neil Taylor, James Chester were playing some of the best football they ever played. But it was because they were they're all the units, they're all the team. And um, I just really hope something as great is going on in that camp right now. Um, mm. And they're really, they're really forming a strong unit together. Yeah, we'll see. We're looking forward to Saturday. Should be, should be good. I think I'll be Easy win. Mm. Should we move on to your team? Yeah, we can do. I mean, it's not going to take very long because we're going to win. So, <laughs> well, England is coming home. Uh-huh. Aha. <laughs> Kane, Foden, Grealish. What more can you possibly want? But do you actually believe they will, that that front three will start? Well. I don't know, because it should. They're the three most creative players. Kane drops in Kane drops deep, Foden Grealish just can just can just tear teams apart. I think when we're playing defensive sides, definitely Foden and Grealish because they are able to unlock defences. Whereas when we're playing teams where we're maybe slightly under pressure a bit more, I wouldn't be opposed to Rashford or possibly mm. Sterling just because of their pace. Sancho? Yeah, or Sancho plays like that. Whereas Foden and Grealish are more the creative minds and just their, their their ability on the ball, particularly Grealish, is just I've not seen I've literally not I've never seen a player have that much technical ability for England as Foden and Grealish. Like my dad said, the, the person he saw was Paul Gascoigne. Mm. Like Frank Lampard and Steven Gerrard were obviously very good, but they were more like kind of central midfielders. 
going forward, these two are the most creative players I've seen in an England shirt. Cal, do you agree? Do you reckon that front three should be Fold and Kane and Grealish? Well, like, ideally, with their form and just because they are the, probably the three best players at the moment in the team, maybe. Yeah, but um, would you start Mount in centre mid with those with that front three? Honestly, my midfield, just assuming Henderson isn't fully fit, I would have Declan Rice, Jude Bellingham, Mason Mount, Foden, Grealish, Kane. I just, right. I don't think we need we don't need Calvin Phillips to play. We don't need um, to make Mount not play just to incorporate Rashford. Like Mason Mount has taken the taken Chelsea by like by the horns and really dominated the midfield, won the Champions League. Foden has done what he's done. Grealish is making Aston Villa look decent. Like I think Bellingham has been thrown in the deep end at Bruce Dortmund and he's done fine. But I don't see why we have to have someone so experienced in our midfield because at the end of the day, these lads, even though they're young, they have proven themselves at this level. So what more What more can you ask for? Yeah, I, I agree with that lineup. I think if Henderson's fit, he comes in instead of Bellingham. But I, I can't see how he's going to be fit. He's not going to be fit. Playing half a game against Romania. But I think... Being out for like three months. He's not going to be like... Henderson starts with Rice and Mount if he's fully fit. Yeah, he but does. But I, he's not going to be fit. And I don't see why we then have to incorporate another central defensive midfielder. We don't need Calvin Phillips but to play. We all know. Start, like, is in... I reckon the starting team is going to be Calvin Phillips, Declan Rice, Mason Mount, Foden, Kane, and Rashford. I I don't think that should be the lineup, but I think he'd rather play Grealish than Foden. Do you reckon? Yeah, yeah I, I think so as well. Yeah, I think I think I think if anyone's going to miss out, it's going to be Phil Foden, which is criminal. But yeah, but I saw this. I was reading this morning. Southgate has said he will not start Mount, Foden, and Grealish together. But I don't understand why. I I I can't wrap my head around why not because. Mason Mount is comfortable in the number 10 role and Foden and Grealish are very, very effective when they're cutting inside. Yeah. You, you don't need out-and-out wingers because, if anything, that actually adds because they are, they then drop into midfield so they give you defensive cover and they're creative going forward. I mean, Raheem Sterling yeah. shouldn't be anywhere near an England shirt. He's been awful this season. I mean, yeah. there's an argument for Rashford and Sancho, but like... Foden and Grealish this season have been better, so yeah. I just don't, I just cannot understand why you wouldn't want them on the pitch, mm. because they are going to create the most problems for other teams. Well, yeah, I, I think Grealish is second best player behind Kane. I think he's that good a player that I've said all on. If he was fit, I get about halfway through the season, I was like, he's going to be nominated for PFA Player of the Year. Obviously, he got injured, and that's that's why he didn't get didn't get nominated. I think if he was fit through that like couple of months period when he was out. He would have been nominated because he was that he was literally like carrying Aston Villa towards a Europa League spot. I think if Jack Grealish signs for a Premier League top four club in inverted commas, like the likes of Liverpool, United, City, he would be regarded as one of the best players in the Premier League. Yeah, like every single season, mm. possibly even in, on in the European stage. Yeah, I, mean, I can't, I can't stand good. Grealish, but he's, he's that a good. Top top player, like diver, but he's a top top player. But. <laughs> I think I think our main problem though is the is the limited central defenders. Like, yeah. I, I know we recruited Ben White, which I totally disagree with. But I mean, on a more important scale, like like you said before, Maguire gets injured or Maguire isn't fully fit at the moment. You cannot play John Stones in a back four with another person. Tyrone Mins, that'd be Connor Cody. Stuff. Like, it would just instantly put it at a back five with probably Stones, Walker, and then probably Mings. Yeah, because Mings left footed. Yeah. Probably, but yeah. um, whereas you've got the like, Stones, like that just is stronger. Yeah, like I actually 
I, I rate Tyron Mins. I don't know about you, but I rate Tyron Mins. You mad? I, I, I think he's he's. So I, think I, I see a bit. Of, I see a bit of Van Dyke in him. Not gonna lie, I do. So, so, do. so are you mad? All the t- all the I'm months, all, all the months I've known I, Gwyn, oh he's not, not a fan. I, I know. So I know when I heard on the podcast. I knew when I knew when I said that. I it's going to cause Gwyn to regret. I don't think he's as bad as Gwyn says he is, but I don't so, think he's great. Like, no, I think he's just so like average. He's so overrated, though. People that like think, oh, this guy's because he's left-footed, he can pass. Oh, okay, get him in the English squad. In the it like, takes down like the privilege and the prestige of England shirt if you're playing Tyrone Mint, I feel, because I think he might do all right in the back five because he can play on that left side and he's left-footed. But I just... I think he would do all right in a back five if he's got the likes of Stones and Walker next to him. There's a lot of players I'd play instead of him. I think his, his partner at Aston Villa, Esri Conzer, I think is better than him. Yeah. I think your boy Ben Godfrey. Love Ben Godfrey. Um, I'd be Nat Phillips of Liverpool pick over Tyron Mins. Like, would, would you pick Nat Phillips in England squad? Well, I'd not going to lie. I'd play Nat Phillips and Van Dyke from now on. I think Nat Phillips and Van Dyke could form the next best end of our I think it's a bit of a shame that Joe mm-hmm. Gomez has got injured because I think he would have definitely been in the in the mix for England. I think Joe Gomez would have started. If yeah, he was in... I think they possibly would have done a back five and then incorporated Maguire, Stones, Gomez. I think that's yeah. very solid. Well, they, and then, but also if you play back four, you've got one decent centre-back yeah. who can come in for the, an injured player. The one thing I'm going to say about England, though, in terms, not trying to sound overly biased, but we do have a kind of home advantage for this tournament, which I think is massive. Bearing in mind how long it's been without fans, and obviously when fans yeah. have been there in like the, the last weekend of Premier League games, you saw what it added. All of our group games are at Wembley. Assuming we win the group, I'm not saying we will, but I think we've got a chance, our round 16's at Wembley. The quarter-final wouldn't. The semi-final is and the final. So if we do go all the way, every single game would be at Wembley bar one game. Like that in itself is a home advantage, which is unfair on other teams, but that does give us an advantage. Mm. Yeah, what do you reckon, Carl? Do you reckon that's big? Yeah, I'll just um, yeah. You, how many fans do you reckon you're gonna have in Wembley? Well, it depends on the 21st of June, doesn't they it? They have 25 percent for the group stage guaranteed, and yeah. they're hoping to increase it by the so final. We're, we're, no, so Wembley's 90,000, so we'd have just over 20, 22, 23,000 fans, and, well, that, and that's still that's still quite a lot. Yeah, and the then Bournemouth. if. If then obviously lockdown restrictions are lifted, the last group game and then all the knockout games, we'd we'd have ninety thousand. Yeah, which that yeah. I, mean, I think that, that is a lot. I think I think if Wales could play um, at the Cardiff City Stadium, that would do something. But they're not. I think it, I think it could could actually do so in England. I think. But it's just like the mentality as well. Like so, Gwyn was telling me that you're going Baku, Baku, Rome, and then like. That moving around, going to Azerbaijan, then to Italy, to think that we have three games all in London where we can stay at St George's Park, and we know the first knockout game is also in St George's Park and Wembley. That the players are getting accustomed to it, so it feels like a tournament atmosphere rather than just moving around Europe. It's not going to be a tournament atmosphere though, because but it yeah. will feel like that for England players. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Which I, I mean, because we've got Baku, Baku, Rome. Switzerland got even worse. They got Baku, Rome, and back to Baku. We got. Three days in between each game, going back and forth. Mm. That's a nightmare because you yeah. can't settle at a training camp. I mean, yeah. I was like, if we come second, we're back in Baku for the quarter final. Obviously, that's if we get to quarter final, which isn't gonna happen. Dev- Fair enough. Um, but it's back in Baku, and but the main thing I look at is the fans. It's a joke. Like, it's, you have mm. to pay for all the travel, and you know, um, mine and dad's 
tickets for the um, flights to Baku cost loads. And if, if you have to yeah. go back and back to Baku for the quarter final, and it's going to be a last minute booking as well, it's going to be like even more. And we booked our tickets back in like January, February for the summer. Is it obviously back in 2020? Yeah. And it was that expensive. Imagine it being like four days before the game. It was triple the price. Yeah. yeah and, and people know that fans will pay it. There's no thought at all about the fans. Or it's, but that's the argument we were saying that why is it not just... If you're going to have that many games at Wembley, why is it not just held in the United Kingdom? You'd have a few games in yeah. Cardiff. Obviously, there are games at Hampden Park anyway. Maybe a couple of games in Manchester. Dublin did have some. Yeah, Li- Liverpool, whatever. Like We've got all the stadiums. Spurs. Yeah, Spurs, Chelsea, Arsenal. What does matter? Why is it not in the United Kingdom if they want this many games at yeah. Wembley anyway? It makes no sense for fans to have to go all the way to Azerbaijan for two group games or Copenhagen or St. Petersburg. Like, I, I just... It, it, it's so bizarre. Yeah, like Chelsea Arsenal fans hated it when they, they when they were in the Europa um, final a few years ago. They, they were like, "Why are we traveling all the way?" Um, it's just why do they pick this year? I know that I know COVID is a bit and like no one saw it coming. But why do they pick this year to make it a special Euros and have it all around Europe? You know, yeah. Um, Give you strength. That's, yeah, that's I think strange. I think it'd be good if like they actually like formed camps in one country and meet and just thought about how making it COVID safe because mm-hmm. um, it is unfair for some teams um, good for Wales or Switzerland are travelling quite a lot but like it is, quite, it is, it is unfair then um, yeah I mean we've we're going to have 50, 50% in Baku now I mean I think there's a tweet saying um, 2,000 fans have kept all their tickets obviously two of them were our tickets and we've got we've managed to get rid of them now send them back to UEFA so I, I imagine I mean if we reach 1,000 I'd be very surprised I think it'll be about 500, 600. It won't be the same. Like, it's just, I don't know. I think, yeah. I mean, we've, we've had this chat already about the fans. Like. Yeah. yeah. It's I one of those years, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's unprecedented. No one saw it coming. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a one-off tournament. That's just going to be like this. Um, well, which we'll is do, sad. Um, because... Do a few predictions as well. First one is a, always a hard one. Golden Boot. Who do you reckon's got the... Obviously, Harry Kane got the uh, one at the 2018 World Cup, you know. Just, yeah. just, Great goals as well. Just to drop that in there. <laughs> Three penalties, two tappings, and a deflection. At least you're not jealous. Um, yeah, that's what I think. I think I think Lukaku's got a good I chance. I think Lukaku, yeah. Yeah. Depending on how far they go, probably. Who? Depending on how far Belgium go. Yeah, that's well, true. You can see them getting quarters or semis, so I think that's enough. Well, who do you reckon? Know, I don't see it being a French player. I don't know just because they yeah. have like they have goals scattered throughout the team, whereas Belgium. Like you'd think Mbappe, wouldn't you? But yeah, but know. like Belgium's goals exactly basically come from Lukaku, and like England's goals pretty much come from Kane. Like th- there is an argument for Kane, whereas like you've got the players of like Griezmann, Mbappe, Dembele, Benzema. Like their goals are kind of split a lot. Yeah. There's no I'll, one. There's not one figurehead. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Lukaku as well. I think that was well. That was easy. Ah. No, I think I'll go Lukaku. I think Kane will be up there, but I think Belgium have got quite an easy group, a reasonably easy first knockout game that like I can just see him getting five, six goals before the tournament's even really started. Yeah. Golden Ball, best player of the tournament. Mm. Tough one, that. I think, yeah, I think that, that, that is definitely a really tough one, that. Um, I think I've got two in. One's quite rogue. One's probably... If he if he plays if he really brings it it'd be class. I think Bruno could do it with Portugal. 
Bruno could, if he turns up. He's, he's, he just scored two against Israel. One of them was a screamer as well. Top corner. Um, but I really like Depay as well for Netherlands. I think Depay's a good player. He's probably yeah, one of the Netherlands best players. If he turn up. Who do you reckon? Best player? It's a tough one, to be honest with you. Um, there's not really anyone that stands out to me. Obviously, De Bruyne is a quality player, but whether he's going to be match fit. Bruno, if Portugal go the distance and if he performs, obviously he's got quite a few good players around him, which could help. I don't think necessarily somebody like Kane. I don't know. I think, I think if I'm genuinely just thinking off the top of my head, I think I can't see past Mbappe. Do you reckon? Yeah, I think he was mm-hmm. top at the World Cup and I think three years down the line, really kind of the, the main player France look for now yeah. that he's not really that wonder kid anymore he now is their main threat mm. I think when he wants to he is he's untouchable yeah I'm going to go same country for Griezmann he always yeah, okay. performs in the tournament okay, yeah, good shot. I think Bappe is obviously a better player but I think Griezmann probably is my bet for- yeah okay so following on from uh, Golden Ball we'll go uh, young player of the tournament which I think it's quite hard as well what do you reckon that is a really tough one, isn't it? Um, I think because like, a lot of the young players, some of them are quite unheard of before the Euros mm-hmm. to come out in the Euros. Um, but I think... I like you, you, You've got to say Foden, but then I also think Kai Havertz could do a good job for Germany. I think for Germany, he does well. He, he, I watched Germany against Latvia, and he played He played pretty decently in that. He, he's one of those players... I, I, he doesn't look in the game or bothered when he plays, but he, he's got. he's a good footballer. Mm-hmm. So I think Kai Havertz could turn up. Mm. I'm, I'm not a massive yeah. fan of Havertz personally. As uh, I genuinely yeah. like sticking to my sticking to my loyalties. I think Foden is a good shout. I think if he gets, I think if him or Bellingham get enough game time, I think they genuinely could be quite important for England. But Foden's just Euro, uh, Euro 2016. Aaron Ramsey on wish with his blonde hair now, isn't he? Well, well, that's not the argument. The argument is not if he's Ramsey. The argument if he's young player of the tournament. <laughs> what, what, Ramsey was what 26, 27 at 2016. Been twenty five, right? So he's nowhere near young player. Nah, so it's my player. I think my will... player's doing it at twenty, but you know we won't talk about that. Has he done it yet? He will. He'll do it in two weeks. All mate. I'm saying is one comment I want to make. You know, uh, Paul Gascoigne, World Cup ninety, when he was crying when he got the yellow card and he can be out of the final. Compare that to Aaron Ramsey, Euro twenty sixteen against Belgium, got the yellow card, out of the next round, carried on playing. He didn't cry. He cried after the game. He's a bit emotional. But I kept it going. You know, that's, 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 that's so hang on. So so let me just get this straight. We're talking about young player of the tournament, and you've had the audacity to compare Paul Gascoigne to Aaron Ramsey. But it came up, so I had to, <laughs> I had to do it. I mean, there's levels, you know. There's you know, keep, keeping yourself together. In you the are really your stretching our friendship if you are comparing Aaron Ramsey to Paul Gascoigne. <laughs> well, Flipping it, mate. Both got to a semi-final. They did both get to a. Yeah, but oh, yeah, yeah. My player got to a Euro and World Cup semi-final. But cried during the game. That's passion. Yeah, but you should you should keep yourself together and keep going. Well, he nearly scored anyway. In well, maybe he would have scored if he wasn't crying. Well, when it went to extra time, the ball came across and he slid in and it hit like the very stud of his shoe. If he'd got any more on it, it had gone in. So he still carried on. He also cried at the end of the game, A, because we lost and because of the yellow card. Well, the yellow cards are relevant. Yeah, but he did. Tr- he did also try, and he was about three inches away from getting us past Germany. But you don't remember that bit. But I don't remember because I wasn't alive. Well, neither do I. But I watched <laughs> it on a documentary. Well, but what documentary showing you lost? Well, well, yeah, because we didn't win. I know we didn't win. I'm still struggling <laughs> to understand the correlation between this and young players. It, it just came up because you, you mentioned about 
Phil Foden and Gaza and I thought like in Ramsey I was like well I do think that Phil Foden could possibly be young player I think he could be young player he could be young player at tournament I think he's up there I do agree um, Cal you said about like a player could come out of nowhere because in certain tournaments like I think Euro 2012 do you remember Alan Alan Jagowev for Russia oh yeah he literally came to my head he just like came out of nowhere obviously Russia in 2018 you had Juba and like Sherizeb um, who just yeah played pretty well both they got to the quarterfinal um, and Chelsea Chelsea got the world in the quarterfinal remember, as well against Croatia it was Croatia 2018 yeah. yeah they lost on penalties yeah Chelsea yeah so I mean they could like yeah off right now based on the scene I have to say Foden I think he's just a top top player but I think I'm open to somebody coming out of nowhere and well okay form. following on from that then we'll talk about the rising star who it's quite a difficult one because you're not necessarily like aware of them but like, do you, do you, uh, have you got any inkling of a player that could maybe step up on the world stage because of the tournament? Well, the European stage, but mm, it's sure. quite a tricky Diogo. one. I think that I'm just thinking from from who I've like. I think the lad at uh, Germany, Jamal Musiala. I think he could really show cool, his yeah. class. I think he's he's been very very good. Quite a quite a disappointment he didn't. Um, obviously play for England I understand why not I mean he's born in Germany Germany had given him a shot but I think he could have been a top player I think he could really step up and this could be a tournament where maybe he sets set, sets the tournament alight a little bit mm. I, you might think this is biased by Joe Roden I genuinely do rate Joe Roden a lot to, I think he's, to be a rising star though yeah because he, like, he, he's played a few times with Spurs this season but alongside a very poor defence Sergio right back shocking I think he's so poor. And then he's alongside Davinson Sanchez, who's very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Eric Dyer, who's just Eric Dyer, like says it all. And Toby Alderweireld, who's passed his best. I think Joe Roden for Wales is the only centre-back who's definitely starting. I think he's a top, top player and can actually prove, prove himself in this tournament. Yeah, I, I think um, he performs for Portugal, but I think Diogo Jota could show like his class... To the even extent, more. yeah. Even more, because he's shown he can score for Liverpool. He's been when he's played, he's been class. But I think he could show he's one of Portugal's best players at the Euros, and how he has got that ability to replace one of the front three in the future. Even like I know he's shown he's probably better than Bobby at times this season, but even more. My mate was telling me about the um, the lad at uh, Real Sociedad, the Swedish striker. I think he's called Isaac. Um, apparently right. he's been like a real, real talent. Obviously with um, what's he called? With um, um, I've got his name now. Ibrahimovic being injured. Yeah, Alexander Isaac. Apparently he's a top, top player. He's only twenty-one. Um, because obviously he's got to step up for Sweden, and I think they might get out of their group anyway. So, I think he's an interesting one. Then on a slightly more poignant note, biggest disappointment. Now that could be a player, that could be a team, who's not gonna necessarily get where they should or maybe let their team down or something I think maybe Belgium Belgium okay possibly maybe Belgium maybe looking at a I think Belgium I think Belgium will struggle mm. Hazard in the if, team if they don't show up Hazard because he's obviously I think I think, if, I, think, if, I, think if, I think if all the things don't come together like, every, like the fans think it's going to happen Belgium I think it could be a big disappointment I don't know why, but I feel like there's a slight argument, slightly controversial, just to say France, 
just because I think they were so good at the World Cup, like beating Argentina, Uruguay, Belgium, obviously Croatia, like they were beating that big teams, that I I think that, that there might be a surprise package that ends up winning the Euros because obviously everyone expects France to do so well. Well, surprised last time. Yeah, so I'm saying if France don't end up winning it, that is quite a big disappointment because they were so strong at the World Cup. Yeah, like I said, I think the only team there who I see is as close to complete yeah, as possible. Like. Which I think if they don't get to where they should, I'd say that is a big disappointment. Yeah. And yeah, like like, like Spain was it the last World Cup or something? Yeah. Well, yeah, no, they've, like they've been poor. Well, twenty twenty fourteen World Cup they were shocking. Twenty sixteen Euros they lost to Italy. Uh, and then this one, they got knocked out on penalties by Russia. Yeah, and they were so well. Yeah, I think their squads just. I'm, I'm not surprised they got knocked out last. I think well, last. Okay, well, what what is the problem with Spain? Is it aging? We've got an aging squad. They've also got a complete hatred from Enrique towards Real Madrid, missing out like the likes of Ramos, and they've also got inexperience in their squad as well, with like the likes of. Adama Traore. What is their squad? Like, isn't, isn't, I'm, not, I'm not players, but what I mean is like, what have they actually got in their squad which actually can well, help them? They were supposed to have Sergio Busquets, but he's recently just tested positive for COVID, hasn't he? So that's yeah. one of your experienced players is going to be self-isolating now. And they've got like the likes yeah, of Lorente from Leeds. Yeah, I don't think they're an Asian squad. I think the players they've had have gone. Yeah, just... I, I, think, I think they're a team of inexperienced young players now or um, relatively middle-aged players who aren't to the top of their game at all. Mm-hmm. They know where, like, we, like, I guess all, like, football fans look at that 2010 Spain team and just be like, wow, that's one of the best teams we've seen recently of just players like Puyol, Pique, um, Xavi, Iniesta, Fabregas, Busquets, Villa, Torres, like, it's just class. Or mm-hmm. well, 2008 that might have been, I don't know. But um, that team was just, like, Cassias, like, just, it's, n- it's nothing like that anymore. But it's like, as well, like, um, Talking about a different team as well, Holland, obviously being from a Liverpool perspective, without Virgil van Dijk, surely that's huge as well, because yeah. he he is like the fulcrum to most teams. I know they've got De Ligt and De Vrij, they're 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 reasonably decent, but any team without Van Dijk is going to struggle just because of Virgil van Dijk being in your team. Mm, definitely, I, just... I think he's as big as like they could have made the semis if Van Dijk was there, just because they do have a qual- they do have quality players, world class players, but I don't think they've got. I don't think they've got it. This no, Euros. I don't. I think surprise package for the Euros is, I've said it to you before, genuinely, I know they're in your group, but I think Turkey. I just think that they, they took four points off um, France in the qualifying process. They've got Yilmaz, who's like a man possessed up front. They've got a reasonably solid defence. They don't concede very much. They're quite boring to watch, but that's what you kind of need. Like looking at Greece in 2004, like if Turkey is scraping games 1-0, at the end of the day, it's a knockout game. You go through. Mm. I yeah. think. Do you see anybody else being a surprise package or a dark horse? I think Italy. Maybe people have written off Italy, but I, I think, think Italy have got. There's been a lot chance, about yeah. them. Like, yeah, they scored. They scored tons of goals, and they've run under the radar, scoring tons of goals in qualifying. Mancini didn't realise with their manager, and they've got they've got some decent players. Like Immobile is like one of the best strikers in Europe, and he's starting up front for them. So mm. I think they've got a good chance. Yeah, and you we have most surprise. Like, surprise. You win. You win at overall. Definitely. Well, surprise. You, you said, no, the, did you say Portugal earlier? If you win it. Yeah, I thought, said, I thought this was a surprise package. No, yeah. but as well, like you're a definite winner of the whole tournament. Wales. No, um, <laughs> we like the dream. Portugal. I'm in Portugal. Yeah. You, are you France? Yeah, because I think yeah. they're the only team I can see winning. 
Oh yeah, no, it's, it's, it's going to be England, but you, you you two are close enough. Who's? Are you actually? <laughs> do I actually think we're going to win it? Yeah. Like genuinely. Yeah. No. Okay, who who is it? <laughs> we are going to win it, but we won't. Um, the real winner. The real winner. Um, I. Th- to be honest, this is me being genuine. I think if we win our group, we play second in this the group of death, which is France, Portugal, Germany. And second will probably be France or Portugal, depending if France beat Portugal or Portugal beat France. I think if we get out of that knockout game, I think we could go on and win it. If we don't get out of that knockout game, which we probably won't, the team that wins that will go through. Because France, if they whoever wins the group, they have quite a tricky quarterfinal and semi-final. Whereas whoever comes out of the game of England, assuming we win the group, which I genuinely think we will, that their quarterfinal semi-final is a lot easier, mm. just based on teams on paper like Spain, Holland, Belgium. So, I think the winner of that could genuinely go on to win it. And if that, but then obviously that would then involve having France in the final. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Yeah, I don't know G- Germany as well. Like, they, I wouldn't they underestimate Germany. I wouldn't write them off just yet. Yeah, they've called up Hummels and Mother again, haven't they? Yeah, and like. There's some good players. And then they midfield. They got Gundogan. They got Cruz. They got Goretzka. All qualities midfielders. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gnabry's good. Um, Werner when he decides to score. Yeah, like yeah, it's like they got they got a good team. Neuer as well. Um, so yeah, I like yeah. But I think people people always expect big things from Germany, so that might be why they people are not considering them. Mm. I'd say uh, just before we wrap up then, we always do a prediction. I know Gwyn won't answer it, but I hope you do. What's your prediction for the first game uh, um, against Switzerland? I can, see, I, I, I can see it going the same way as Slovakia first game. 2-1 Wales. 2-1 Wales. Will you give a prediction? I, Special occasion uh, while your brother's on the call. I can't, because when I'm involved, I can't. Yes, but it's not... Your your prediction right now is not going to change Rob Page's selection or the outcome of the game, but, is it? like? Yeah, but I predicted if I'm like got no bias, but when I got bias, it's like I don't want to predict that we're gonna win because obviously might go against, might be the opposite. Right. Okay. Will you at least answer me this? Do you think you're gonna win? Hopefully. Okay, I'll take that. I'll, I'm fine with that. That that's progress. Yeah. And we've, we've England Croatia. What do you reckon? Three one England. Confident? Yeah, right. I am very confident. Genuinely. Right. The Croatia team is Asian. Yeah, Asian I genuinely, well. I'm quite confident. I think I'll be more confident. I know it sounds stupid, but I'll be more confident when I see the starting eleven and it's the players I want. Obviously, I'd be less confident if I see Sterling on the pitch or I see Calvin Phillips on the pitch, or dare I say it, Connor Cody and Tyrone Mings together. Um, but I think we've got a chance, genuinely. But in four weeks' time, I'll be annoyed at why I said this. Or two weeks' time. Yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get out of the group. I mean, we're not gonna finish bottom, are we? Welcome third. <laughs> Oh, imagine, imagine the scenes yeah. of that. Give my bombarded with messages from me. I will indeed. Yeah, I might delete you on Snapchat until the Euros are over. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's good chat good, for this yeah. week. Cheers, Carl, coming on. And uh, thank, you, thank you. Yeah, um, right. Well, it's coming home. Uh, next joke. Uh, yeah, we'll keep you updated during the Euros. Keep doing podcasts, probably once a week. Just yeah, see how it goes. That, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's it for this week. Nice one.